0: Hi everyone, today we've got Aaron Horwath of 12hourdifference.co It's a blog that helps students transition into the workforce after they graduate, specifically if you're thinking about working abroad. But if you're not, Aaron still gives some great career advice, and we we learn exactly what it's like to live in a different country. And you'll find out that it's really not that much different than living in the United States or your own country, depending on the size of the city. So without further ado, we'll turn it over to Aaron and I. And yeah, as always, let me know if you have any questions. All right, thanks. The three biggest reasons only 10% of students study abroad. They're afraid of being homesick, they don't think it's safe, and the number one reason people don't study abroad is cost. We're here to dispel all that. Find out exactly how that 10% crafted their study abroad journey and how you can too. I'm Chris Carlton, and this is the Study Abroadcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Study Abroadcast. Today, I am with Aaron Horwath, who is uh, coming to us from Vietnam. He operates a website called 12hourdifference.co. I'll put a link in the show notes. And he deals with international work experience. He's a blogger. He helps kind of millennials and Generation Z, I guess now, find their way into the international world and work environment and he's gonna tell you more about it Aaron thank you very much for being here and welcome to the show yeah thank you for having me appreciate it right so uh, before we before we jump into to the 12-hour difference can you tell me a little bit about your background and how you got to this website in this point and then how you ended up in Vietnam I guess
1: yeah so uh, 12-hour difference is actually a side hustle of mine so my day job is working as the head of global training at an international technology company called Pixels. And we do post image editing and we have several hundred staff, I guess like 700 staff here in Vietnam and then a couple, uh, a couple more kind of scattered around the world. But So I came to, uh, that's my day job and, and I lead our technical training team and we built an online training platform and that's kind of what I do during the day but I've had kind of I've been very lucky to have the chance to live in Hong Kong and now Vietnam for the, since graduating in 2014 basically and so I I was surprised knowing how popular study abroad was that there wasn't a lot of great information about how you'd actually move your career abroad and since I was in the process of doing it Um, certainly not like all-knowing but kind of having gone through getting a job in Hong Kong and then getting a job in Vietnam I wanted to share my experience of of going through that with other people and kind of at least enlighten a little bit on what the process is like in some ways if you're interested in moving your career abroad how to do that and uh, and then also just my own personal experience doing it as well as far as how I got over here Mm -hmm. after college I went and coached tennis in New York at a fancy pants uh, Tennis club, and I met some people who asked me if I wanted to come over to Hong Kong with them and live in their mansion, in their basement, and coach their kids tennis and uh, tutor them in English. And obviously, post college, I was like, of course, <laughs> I have nothing yeah. else to do, you know. So I was, I was totally game. So in two weeks after the, my job in the in, during the, the the summer job coaching tennis ended, I headed over to Hong Kong. And so I spent some time there and and just got to know Hong Kong and had this very weird situation of living with these people and coaching their their children and and things. And it was kind of a a very bizarre experience, but that kind of ran its course and it was time to move on. So then I got, I connected with someone online who was running a business in Vietnam. It was a culinary school and they were also doing English teaching for hotels, like in hospitality. So I got an English teaching job. Yeah, so I got this English teaching job uh, no guaranteed contract, no guaranteed money, could have been a total fluke and totally fake but I was uh, I was willing to take the risk and came over here and it was fairly legit and worked there as a, just an English teacher enjoying being 23 and living in Hanoi and things and uh, eight months or so went by and it kind of came time to where I was looking, I was getting a little bit worried about getting, going full on down the English teaching path, and so I was looking to get maybe out to do something a little bit different, and I stumbled upon Pixels, and they had two offices, one in Hanoi in the north, and one in Da Nang in central Vietnam, so I applied to them, they turned me down, and said they weren't interested in me, and then I emailed their CEO, and I said, hey, your HR department just turned me down, but I think you should give me a second look, and he agreed, and then I ended up meeting their uh, chief operating officer when he was visiting Hanoi and uh, a couple weeks later I got the job and ended up working at pixels so then started at pixels and I've been there for three and a half years or so and uh, started I started in Vietnam in Hanoi in the north and now living at the beach in Da Nang in central Vietnam and it's pretty uh, it's not a bad gig
0: yeah no 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 we'll get into the uh, Mm -hmm. to Vietnam a little later in the interview that sounds interesting I want to hear all about it tell me about as as people graduate and they have these undergrad degrees. And a lot of, I mean, most of the people listening to this are studying abroad or plan on studying abroad or have studied abroad. So with that in mind, what do you think the best way for a student coming into the job market is to show off that experience like in a different way than just on a resume? Is there there anything else they can do?
1: Yeah, so I am fairly opinionated on this point. there's a lot of really, really educated people in the world, and a lot of people who look really, really good on paper. Everybody, you know, take peruse LinkedIn, and everybody is like a superstar, ultra growth hacker, whatever, guru. And uh, so I think what employers are finding out now, and it started mostly like in tech, in, in developers, and understanding that you didn't need a degree as a developer to be a really good developer, and is kind of now growing out of that movement. What employers are really looking for, in my opinion, is people who are already demonstrating the skills that they're trying to sell employers to. So if I'm a writer and I'm looking to hire writers, if I Google your name, I should see your writing online, that you're publishing content. If you're a photographer, I should see your Instagram and that you have followers and that you're posting content all the time and that you're actually doing photography. If you say that you're a salesperson, even coming out of college, you should have a little, I did the same thing, I had a little e-commerce site that I set up in Vietnam um, on my own, just kind of as a fun project, but if you're going to go to an employer and say, I'm a, I'm a sales guy, the first thing that they should be asking is, okay, what have you sold, Like, what are you selling, do you have an e-commerce site, um, do you have something set up where you're actually doing sales? Same thing with investment, same, same, thing, same thing with technology or dev or anything. I think when, I, when you, you should really be using out of college Google to your advantage and have, you know, don't have social media to follow funny cat videos, but have a Twitter that's super professional, that has all your opinions about the industry, you're interested on it. Have a website with your professional portfolio, even if that's just papers from your college courses posted on there. Um, your thoughts about the industry should be up there. And if you're a photographer, like I said, your, your your photo should be up there. So when I Google you as an employer, all that stuff should be, should be online. And that's really, really important because what it does is it offers you opportunities connect, to connect with people in your industry and it also gives you vis- visibility. So your podcast is a great example. Not only do you have this podcast, you're meeting really important connections every day that you do these interviews with people who you can then later on when you need to, hit up and say, hey, remember me? Like we did this podcast and uh, et cetera, et cetera. I'm interested in maybe working for your company or however you want to leverage those relationships. But you have those relationships now. The same thing goes for anybody else. Um, if I'm writing you know, blog posts about business, what I can do is go and ask an expert in my field, hey, I have this little like blog. Would you be interested in getting providing me a quote for it? And then you, they give you the quote, but unknowingly they've also given you that professional connection as well. So that's my big thing um, right off the bat.
0: Yeah, that's that's actually really good advice to post your work from college online. Like, there's no there's no privacy or anything like that. That's a really good idea. I've n- I have have not heard of that. Um, also, too, guys, if you're listening, what a lot of what Aaron's saying too is like I you have no idea how much I wish I could go back and start like the, the, the number one asset you have right now, I think is there kids coming out of school or they're still in school is time. Like you can just start slow and do something consistently and over a period of time, it'll grow into something pretty cool and some employer somewhere will pick you up for it. Um, yeah, that, those are my two cents. And then yeah,
1: you you could even add on to that and say it doesn't need to grow like my 12 hour difference didn't have a million followers right but I was in Forbes twice because of it and now I have that when you google my name that comes up is that I was in Forbes about working abroad and that's pretty cool and that's because I made connections through doing interviews as part of it and so these things you know I wouldn't never do things just in hopes of getting followers do something that you're interested and passionate about Yes. and it will, it will end up working its way to benefiting you at some point even probably in a way that you had never expected when you originally had thought of the idea and started executing on it
0: okay so then let me ask let me ask you a simple question if just right here on your site it says gain international work experience so let's say I graduate and I want to go abro- like I'm thinking about going abroad there's not really, the job market stale where I live or you know to get that experience what advice or I guess motivation would you have to someone or even fears they have of just okay studying abroad is one thing but now I've actually got to live out there like what what, what do you tell someone in that situation
1: well hopefully you're excited about it I mean there is <laughs> you know you should be some there should be definitely be some hesitation because it is a really big move I I would always caution people, in terms of just facing the the fear of doing that. Always caution people to really evaluate why it is that you want to move abroad. Like a lot of people move abroad because they're hoping to either run away from something that they don't want to deal with back home, or because they're hoping that it's going to really totally change their life and they're going to change as people and end up, you know, like bursting out of their shell into a beautiful butterfly, butterfly or something like that. and I think those are the people who end up being very disappointed and end up turning around two weeks later and coming back home. Um, I think, yeah, you just have to. If you're the type of person who can say, "I know by doing this, things aren't going to go super smooth. There's going to be some risk involved. It may not work out the way that I had originally planned. If I feel like I'm flexible enough to handle, you know, changing plans or or doing a job maybe I don't really like." at first so that I can maybe jump jump to a job that I really like um, afterwards. If you're that type of person, then you should feel like you're kind of pretty well equipped for the experience. Um, if that doesn't sound like you, then at least reevaluate why you're interested in uh, in doing it. In terms of, yeah, oh, go ahead. No, 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 I was
0: gonna say that was really well put. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. No, and then
1: the other part, like actually finding work abroad, this is The reason I started 12-hour was because of this question, because there isn't a lot of great information about how you would do it. A lot of people talk about getting over the fear of doing it, and then they skip to adjusting once you're there. And there's not a lot of great information about the process in between. And that's probably because moving abroad is a little bit like giving advice on being successful. It's, It's a bit generic it's a bit there's not like a step-by-step process to do it there's kind of there are things that you can do to help the process along but i there's no guide for me to write to say like this is how step by step the way like study abroad you could kind of do a nice little step-by-step guide to to do it because there's kind of a process that we've already put out there um, since colleges have these programs set up already but there aren't a lot of programs where you're talking about moving Uh, abroad for work and so yeah like and we can talk about if you're interested like uh, more ideas about what that is but um the purpose between 12 hour difference was to try to give a little bit of those insights on how you gain visibility in your industry how you you can become not a thought leader because that's like a terrible term but um at least get some get some visibility in your, your industry and begin making connections outside of your direct network okay
0: no yeah that thank you and then um Okay. Once you're once you're out there, and let's say you went, what? It, I guess the mindset you have. I guess if I was going, and you're you're out there and you're living there, do you plan on coming back to the United States at any time, or do you? Is this where you're going to live forever?
1: Uh, Vietnam is probably not where I'm going to live forever, but I don't plan on coming back to the U. S. Um, yeah, <laughs> not really. It's pretty fun. Like once you once – you, it takes a certain type of – like there's definitely a, a type of person who's out here, right? It takes a type of person who's willing to leave their family and friends and everything that they knew and move to Vietnam where they know no one. They don't know the language. They don't know the culture and they've never been there before, right? Right. So it takes a certain type of person. Um, I'm very comfortable kind of on my own. And um, I have a lot of social interaction during the day anyway because I run a team at work. So I have a lot of social interaction already. So it's kind of nice to have my own space where I can kind of do my own things after work. But yeah, um, but yeah, I just think, you know, it's kind of like the same person who wants to study abroad, right? That's a certain type of person who wants to leave their group of friends, at least to some extent, and, you know, spend an entire year or semester away um, and give up that year. This just the type of person that is kind of, more inclined to do that
0: no definitely and now transitioning a little bit into a day in the life of of Aaron in Vietnam it's not I know it's what's different like what do you do on a normal day-to-day basis that you wouldn't do in the United States or what's different about living there
1: um I think one of the nice things, and you, if you've traveled abroad, uh, you know, doing study abroad, or you've just fin- traveled with family or whatever, hopefully you've noticed this as well. That life in most cities is basically the same, and people are basically the same. Most people are pretty nice. Most people want to go to work. They want to make enough money to take care of their family, and drink beer, and have coffee, and go out with friends, and they want a job that's somewhat fulfilling, or like that's not terrible, and they enjoy food, and that's basically most people's life. And so on a day-to-day basis in Vietnam, it looks very similar to life in Portland, where I'm from, right? Wake up, I'm in the gym, not the last couple months, but usually the gym at 6 a.m., get a workout, go to coffee in the morning, come back, shower, I get on a motorcycle here, or like a motorbike instead of a car, drive to work, it's super sunny and beautiful work a usual nine to five day at the office with my my team. I just happen to be the only white guy there, or at least one of, yeah, I guess right now I'm the only Westerner here. Uh, so it's me and 500 Vietnamese staff and they're amazing and super nice and very welcoming. And um, I mean, just wonder what we, we work with. I get to work with wonderful people every day, um, but just do a normal working shift and then, uh, come home and right now it's studying coding so I'm studying web development and studying until the evening and then watch YouTube and fall asleep and like that's a pretty <laughs> normal day yeah. uh, for me on the weekend you know but then in there there's some different things right so on the weekend if you want to go to Bangkok like you can do that and that's something that you can't do back in the US you get to drive a motorcycle everywhere um, I can stay at a, ho- at a hotel uh, in the next, next city next to mine for the weekend, and it costs basically no money, um, so you do have access to more things here as an expat. So that's really nice. Life is also much more simple than it is in the U.S. I have for bills, I have rent, and that's it. And
0: you no, know, maybe no, no a has- cell
1: phone if to a dollar or three dollars for the oh my god production.
0: I love, so I, love you, I love how you tell you paint the picture of just Aaron getting up and going on a motorcycle to work every day like that's something you see in the movies I guess just that whole you know what I'm talking about
1: absolutely yeah. there is a total romance especially here like mm-hmm. I go over the bridge and the sun's coming up and you're on a motorcycle and you're like hell yeah like well, we're in Vietnam this is really cool and I've been here for three years, four years, and it's still every day like I'm very, very thankful for for the opportunity. It's it's a beautiful country. The people are amazing. The food is awesome. Um, it's just fantastic. It's super safe. It's it's a great place. I have nothing but good things to say about it.
0: Can you tell me a little bit more about the food? Because you're the first person I've interviewed that's been in Vietnam, or yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, so so uh, Vietnamese food is very very good, but it's very it it changes quite a bit region to region. So in the in the north, there's definitely a distinct just like in the U.S. between the south and like the northwest, you have a very different culture. Same thing um, in Vietnam. So basically, geographically, if you look at Vietnam, at the top, it's much more traditional. Like I wouldn't use the word conservative, but definitely more traditional. And then as you move south. It gets more and more western, more and more international, and that is in how people dress, it's in the types of, the food is much sweeter in the south than it is in the north, everything kind of just becomes a little more international and a little more western as you move towards the south. Um, The food is great, I mean, I don't know, like there's, you know, you have lots of soups, you've got, uh, so like a lot of soup, a, a lot of great barbecue, a lot of great meat. Um, if you're a vegetarian, it's not a, a difficult place to do that either. Um, and then you also have a fair amount of international offerings as well. So if you get bored of Vietnamese food, you've got pizzas, very easy burgers. You know, it, it's not so exotic that you're not getting normal stuff that you wouldn't from the West. You're just paying a bit of a premium for it if you want it.
0: Yeah, and I think I think there's a fallacy that a lot of people have that it is like that. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. There's seven seven million people in Hanoi. 7 million
1: people in Hanoi, yeah, and then there should be 8 million in Saigon, and then I live in Da Nang, right in the middle, and I think we have just about 1 million. So yeah, people have this idea that Vietnam is still like war-torn or something like that. (laughs) I live in a very modern, very clean, very safe area. I live three blocks off the beach. Um, I have, uh, you know, it's got super fast internet, the international cable line comes right into Da Nang, so internet's pretty fast and very stable. It's just a normal, you know, city for the most part.
0: Yeah, about a million people, sounds yeah. But do you, have you, you said, you mentioned Bangkok, have you been, and you lived in Hong Kong, where else have you been out there? Like did you, have you been to New Zealand or Australia at all, or did you go, have you been to Japan or <laughs> like
1: No, I haven't done Australia or New Zealand. I've done, uh, so yeah, Hong Kong I lived in, and then I've done Bangkok a bunch of times for visa runs when I first got here. Uh, I did Taiwan. And I did, uh, and then I've done all of Vietnam basically. I've been base everywhere, basically everywhere in Vietnam. I'm trying to think if that's, that's it,
0: a though.
1: a lot, to, yeah. Yeah, it, you get, uh, you know, just like I think probably the same as study abroad. When you first get there, it's very maybe you you study abroad's on a bit shorter time scale, so maybe it's more compressed. But for me, like you first get here and you want to travel a lot and stuff, but. Um, you know, humans are very good at acclimating and Vietnam life is my life now. I feel like I grew up here. I got here when I was 22, 23, and I'm 26 now, uh, looking towards 27. And so Vietnam life is like what I know at this point. And so you get very settled in. And so to me, it's like a lot of effort to think about (laughs) like traveling to another country now. So, uh, yeah, you get out of the habit of traveling a little bit. It's easy to get comfortable here for sure.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's all I have. Is there, uh, One thing I ask people, are, are there any recommendations you have as far as maybe like a book or app or blog or website that you want other than the 12-hour difference? Uh,
1: like as a reference for like inspiration for being abroad? or Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would read uh, Emerson's Self-Reliant Man, actually. Um, or sorry, Self-Reliance.
0: <clears throat> self-reliance.
1: I think that I know it's not maybe like a traditional travel book but if you want to get fired up about taking your own path and being independent and all of those themes Emerson nails it in self-reliance and it's a fantastic little essay and I usually read it on the plane anytime I'm traveling internationally to somewhere just because it gives you that little bit of kick uh, that you should feel when you're getting to travel somewhere.
0: Nice. That, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's exactly what I'm looking for. That's the kind of stuff that I want to post. All right. Yeah. Aaron, thank you very much for doing this. Guys, leave us an honest review of the show. Let me know how I'm doing. Hook up on social media. We post new interviews or there's a little thing on the about page where you can. I can email you new interviews too. All right, Aaron, thank you very much for being here and we'll talk to you again soon. No problem. Thank you. Thanks hey guys i hope you enjoyed the show be sure to check out all the really neat infographics on the rest of the posts as well as the interviews there's a lot of good information you should also download studying abroad 201 i really recommend it if you need kind of a fire lit under your ass for studying abroad and you need some motivation it craps my journey and exactly what i did also we can email you new interviews or you can connect with us on social media all right thanks a lot